0: Welcome to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast aims to bring the sermon from our Sunday morning services to you each and every week. We are currently in our sermon series, Stories of Christmas. In this series, we are walking through Luke 2 and the stories of different people who played a role in the Christmas story. From Mary and Joseph to the shepherds and the magi, each of these stories will culminate in the birth of Jesus. So join us as we share the stories of Christmas.
1: As we gather together on this Christmas Eve to celebrate the coming of Christ, I I, I wonder—you can go ahead and take a seat. I wonder if what are those things that in that call to mind for you, or that come up whenever you think about Christmas? What are those things that you think about? What what are the fond memories that you have? As the season approaches or as Christmas Eve lands, maybe it's the the lights, the twinkling, multicolored, or maybe the soft white lights. Maybe you enjoy the smells of of the things, that that the, the baked goods and those kind of things that kind of only come around at Christmas. That kind of brings back these memories, those fond memories of Christmas for you. Maybe it's the friends and the family that you gather around with. Maybe it's the carols that we sing, these songs, these hymns of Christmas that we sing. Whatever they are, whatever those things are for you this morning, what I can promise with almost 100% certainty is that none of those things were a part of the first Christmas that we sing about. None of those things were a part of, the, of that moment in the, in the manger in the little town of Bethlehem where Jesus was born to this young lady, Mary, and her fiancé, husband, Joseph, that for almost certainly none of those things were a part of. And and so the question for us is, what makes this such an incredible night? When we talk about this Christmas season and we sing songs like Silent Night, Holy Night, what makes this night so holy, so separate from all other nights in all of time what about this night is so significant the world that jesus entered into isaiah the prophet said was a place where the people walked in darkness one author puts it this way that he meaning jesus comes into the world that had been dramatically broken by sin born in a borrowed barn laid in a cradle that was a feeding trough not in a palace attended by servants Not with smells that filled the air like oils and perfumes and baked goods, but the scent of animals. Today, as we continue in this series and celebrating and kind of looking at the characters of this Christmas time, we've looked at Mary and we've looked at Joseph. talked about the shepherds that were on the hillside outside the city of Bethlehem whom the angels visited. We talked about the magi who were far away, and we looked in their eyes. We looked at their faces, and we kind of explored their stories. But today, what we want to do is slow down and take in the central story of Christmas, the story of Christmas, the child that was born on a holy night a night that truly does separate itself from every other night. Isaiah chapter 9 beginning in verse 2 says the people walked the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned. Verse 6 For unto us a child is born to us a son is given. To fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. He did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, verse 1 Says this in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And the first, this was the first census that was that took place while Cornelius was the governor of Syria. And when everyone went to their own hometown to register. And so Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, a time came. The time came for the baby to be born. And She gave birth to her firstborn son. And She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room or no guest room for them available. Today, as we kind of reflect on this passage, and like I said earlier, kind of lean over to look into the manger and take in this child who was born in the city of Bethlehem, wrapped in clothes and laid into this feeding trough in a barn, in a borrowed barn outside the city town or outside the city, there's a couple of things I want to reflect on. The first is this: to reflect on the world that Christ came into. I want to reflect on the comfort that Christ brings into that world. And lastly, to reflect on what Christ came to do for those he came to. So, first, that reflecting on this world that Christ came into. Right? We talked about it a second ago. We, we celebrate Christmas with lights and presents under the tree and, and, and delicious foods and family around us. But the world that Jesus entered into was not a world that was full of all of those things. It was a world that was broken by sin. The prophet Isaiah that we've already quoted, this is the third time, says that it was a world that was full of darkness. The people that were there walked in darkness. The song that we just sang said that the world long lay In sin and error, pining. Long did the world lay in this this place of of longing for a Savior to come. Longing for something to happen that would be outside of itself, outside of its own ability to accomplish. The, The world that Jesus came into was hopelessly broken beyond our repair. Beyond the, the ability for human hands to repair, there was no government. There was no, there was no education that could solve the problem. There was no, there was no power that could set it right. And one author said this way, that there was an inescapable condition, the inescapable condition of sin infected every human being and scarred every aspect of the cosmos, which cried out for one thing and one thing alone, divine intervention. The only solution for the deep darkness that swallowed up all of creation was a Savior. And the only Savior with the wisdom and the power and the righteousness to accomplish the task would be God himself. And that's just what happened on this holy night. That God himself put on flesh and entered into his creation entered into a creation that had rebelled against him, that had run away from him. And when he entered into that creation, it changed everything. It was the light that broke into the darkness, the light that is the light of man, the light that that the darkness could not overcome. And when it broke into the darkness, it pushed back that darkness and and began to infiltrate the darkness with hope and peace and joy, giving us every reason today to be able to rejoice And calling for us to respond. The world that Jesus entered into, the world that Christ came to, was a world that was broken by sin. And when Christ walked into, when Christ came into this world, it changed everything. It's the reason why we do sing that this is a holy night for us. Because it's the night that Christ was born. But what did he come to do? What did Christ come to do as he explodes into this darkness? What was it that he came to do? And and there's two things that I think are really, really important that we can see as we kind of pull up next to the manger here. The first, the the things that kind of give us comfort, two things that that give us comfort in Christ's coming. The first thing is this, that God is with us. When we pull up next to the manger and peer in, what we see is God in the flesh. And the comfort that it brings is that we know that God is with us. The passage that we quoted just a second ago from, Messiah, from, from Matthew says that, that this, is, this was the, what the prophets had prophesied. And, and to fulfill what the prophets had said, that a virgin would conceive and give birth to a son. And they would call him, we would call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That what we see in this manger is what the angels had declared to the shepherds on the hillside. That he was Savior, Messiah, meaning promised one. He is the Lord. He is God with us. Maybe the darkness that we described here is maybe a darkness that you yourself have experienced. I know that because I've talked to some of you and I've been with you, some of you in this room, that maybe the past couple of months have been pretty dark months. Maybe the past couple of weeks have been pretty dark weeks for you. And the thing that you need to know most, that you need to hear this morning, is let this light break through and understand that the child that is in this manger that we celebrate and sing is Emmanuel, God with us. That God is with you. He, is, he, doesn't, know, he doesn't just know about you. What the manger tells us, what this holy night that we sing about tells us is that God is not at a distance, that he comes to be near us. To be near our hurt, to be near our sorrow, to be near our suffering, that he's near us. That he knows what you're walking through because he himself would suffer much like in, or in every way that we suffered is what it tells us. He's with us. Not only is he with us, what we can celebrate that the God of all creation is with us, but secondly, that he's working in you and around you. I love what it says in Matthew, in, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22. It says, This took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. This fulfillment narrative that runs through Matthew's, uh, Matthew's gospel as he walks through. He just talks all of these times about this happened to fulfill what the prophets had said over and over and over again. He tells us that this is something that Christ is doing, is fulfilling a promise that God had made to his people. When I was growing up, my grandmother made coffee, and she made it the old way. Maybe this is, like, vintage and cool now, but this, she put a kettle on the stove. And now I'm like, Keurig, right? Just And then you hit a button, and some of you snobs are like, I can't believe, right? That's fine. Whatever. You can do, drink your own coffee and take a long time. That's how my grandmother used to do it. She'd put a kettle on a stove. And I remember it was just the coolest thing because as a kid, as you sat in the kitchen, as that thing, as that kettle would be on the stove and it was one of those that whistled, right? And you just, you, you, you just knew it was about to go off. You could almost feel the energy as the water heated and heated until a boil and all of a sudden it would explode with this sound letting everybody know that the time had come to make coffee. And I was a kid who really liked coffee, regardless if my parents should have given me that. My grandmother was a sweet lady, and she gave it to me with lots of sugar and milk. There was just a little dash of coffee, and I loved it. That's another story. In Galatians chapter 4, it says this, But when the set time had fully come, in the ESV it says this, When the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son born of a woman under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption as sonship. That what we step into as we pull up next to this manger with Mary and Joseph and the animals that are there and the shepherds that are rushing into the hillside is that moment when everything in all creation has come to a boil. And it sounds to let us know that this is the time that God has come to rescue his people. But what's incredible about that moment is that God had been working for a long time to bring this place to a boil. This place to where everyone would know that he is finally here. And what I want us to know, what comfort we can take this morning in this truth, is that God, whether we know it or not, is at work in and around you to bring about his purpose and your good. That maybe you can't see it yet. Maybe it's foreign to you. But I can promise you that maybe it doesn't feel like it. But I can promise you as Mary and Joseph walked from their town in Nazareth to Bethlehem. They had no idea that this was going to be the moment. As people traveled back to their hometowns all across this region under the orders of Caesar. Who they were under the control of. Nobody in Israel was saying this is our time. But God had worked all of time into this moment. And you and I can hold on to this truth that even though we can't see it, God is at work all around us to bring about his will and our good. That He's near us he's working around us. And then we think about what is, what is he doing as he comes to us, as he comes and, and invades this world. I think that there's three things, and we don't have a lot of time. to. There's way more than three, but there's these three. I just That he is a light. That he's a light into the darkness. And how many of you have just walked into a room that was pitch dark, pitch black, and just the little faintest amount of light gives you just the hope that you need, that you're not going to step on a Lego in the middle of that room cry out in the worst pain. I'm sorry, that's a personal experience. Maybe just that reminder that in the darkness that there's a light has dawned is what we need to be reminded of, that that light brings hope, it brings joy, and he, that what Christ has done is he's brought, peace, he's brought joy for us. One of my favorite hymns, Joy to the World, that we sang just a second ago. We're going to close with it here in just a minute. It says this, that joy to the world. The Lord, the Lord has come, that he is a good and mighty king. He is a, a, a loving and gracious and kind father. And he has come and he brings joy to our world. Not just to the world in general, but to your world. He brings joy. Not only that, joy to the earth. The Savior reigns. Let all your songs employ that our God is the Savior. He reigns over all things. There's nothing in all creation that's not under his rule. And so we have joy knowing that nothing, nothing is outside of his control. It brings joy. He brings peace. He brings peace to us. Sticking with joy to the world, it says this, that no more sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow as far as the curse is found. The curse of sin had infiltrated, we said it, every every atom in the cosmos, every human was under the curse of sin. But what Christ has done as he comes is he's making peace for us with God. He's living the life that we could not live, dying the death that we deserve to die to restore the relationship that we were created for, bringing peace between God and man that sin had ruined. He brings peace far as the curse is found the blessing of his peace flows he brings light and joy and peace he brings hope that's endless all the things that we could point to he brings all of those things but the last thing that we have to reflect on as we as we close this time together is where are you in relationship with jesus you see, the reality is that you can know a lot about Jesus. You can know a lot about the fact that the baby was born in the manger. You can sing the songs, and our world is a testimony to this. You can sing songs that declare the gospel in its clearest form and not know the, God, the, the Savior that, the, that that song declares. You can know a lot about Jesus. You can pull right up to the manger and take in this, this, this child that was born and leave there and not understand that you have to receive him as Lord in order for your life to be transformed. That light and hope and peace is yours as we receive him. Maybe you've, got, maybe you've come to a place where you have trusted Christ for salvation and praise the Lord for that. But if you haven't, listen to the words of the song again. Back to Joy to the World one more time. It says, Joy to the World, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Nobody else can receive the king for you. You have to make that decision for yourself. And this morning, there's no better day, there's no better moment than this moment for that to be your story. If you've not yet put your faith in Jesus, listen, this is what it means. It means humbly admitting, it, coming to a place where you, a humble admission, facing the fact that you in your own darkness have no, no ability to make the things right that are broken that your sin has, is, is a problem that keeps you from Christ and humbly accepting this, that you and you, in your inability to save yourself and your intellect and all of those things, that Christ came in his grace to receive that and humbly surrendering, saying, God, I surrender my life to you and put my, hand, put my life in your hands. Admitting that Christ, that you have nothing, that Christ alone is your hope, that he is everything, repenting of your sin, placing your faith in Christ. He doesn't tell us that we have to go through crazy things. He says, if you have faith and you repent of your sins, then you're rescued. So I'm going to invite the band to come back up. I'm going to sing one more song as just a a moment of, of celebration. And maybe this is a moment of celebration because you do know Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so as we sing this song, as we sing Silent Night and join with Churches all over Middle Tennessee and all over the United States and all over the world from, from now in history for so many years, the churches have sung this song to close their service in these candlelight moments just to be reminded of this silent holy night and Christ born and all that he's done. Maybe not only is this a moment for you to celebrate your salvation as, as those of you who have trusted in Christ, maybe it's a moment for you to put your faith in Christ, to say, God, I need you. Repent of my sin, and I put my faith in you. As you hold a candle that's lit and you sing this song, maybe today is the day that you understand the joy and the hope and the peace that Christ has brought for you. Comfort in knowing that he's with you and that he's at work in you and around you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Be sure to share this episode with any friends and family in your life who may benefit from it. And make sure you're subscribed and get notified so you never miss a sermon. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download Church Center, our Rolling Hills app. Follow us on social media or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.